Welcome to the Fight Shed Podcast, a podcast that recaps the best of both MMA and boxing events of the past weekend and previews the biggest combat sports events for the next next week. Thank you for listening and supporting for the Fight Shed Podcast. I'm Daniel, and as always, my co-host, Mr. Alan Kirk. Hello, hello. How are you, sir? Well, I'm enjoying this 80-degree weather today. I know. It's, um, this, it's January what? January 18th. Yeah, and I am in shorts and a t-shirt as usual. I love that, but apparently in a couple days, that would be a bad uniform. Yeah, exactly. In a couple days. Welcome to West Texas again. And then there's so much dust going on outside. So oh, yeah. I'm sure you're, if you have allergies, it's it's really messed with it. I think it's getting to me a little bit right now. Yeah, I think it's getting to me and I don't have allergies. Yeah. It's just so bad. I, I don't have allergies either, but I just yeah. kind of, I feel that the the grimy and the grain, grainy uh, on my hands, and then I yeah. see it out everywhere when I'm touching a desk or something. I see that I feel the dust everywhere. My car is so dusty; it's terrible. My feathered flag out in front of my business doesn't do well in West Texas. It just is gets it, is mangled. It, it is gets it tattered right now? Is it like in 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 pieces? Yeah, it's in pieces, and I keep bringing it in and, and putting it back together, and it's just not working out very well. <laughs> yeah, well, and then you're on a on a highway, so that doesn't help yeah, at all, too. So, so how so was your weekend? My weekend was pretty good. Okay. We had, um, you know, my daughters turned 14. One of my daughters okay. turned 14. And uh, we, you know, Monday uh, we did some, uh, all this weekend we did something for her. Okay. Yeah, we took her out to eat, bought her a couple things. and. What and is then, her flavor of food? What did she pick? Um, She decided Mexican food. Okay. And actually the first time ever she ordered an enchilada dinner plate. Oh, that's Mexican my favorite, dinner, too. You know? So she's she's so, like I'm gonna try it because usually it's chicken nuggets or oh, chicken strips. She's moved up. Yeah, she's okay. she's growing up, I guess. I know. How you feel about that? <laughs> um, you know, I'm okay with it. My okay. daughter, my wife is the one that's kind of taking it a little bit harder. See, yeah, because it's 14 years ago yeah. we had the little baby, and yeah, now she's you know 14, and she was saying, "Wow, that mom growing up so fast." I'm here next year. I'm gonna probably have to get a job, and then I'm gonna have to you know job. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, she's like. And she's real smart, so she she's already preparing for college. So she's looking for colleges. She's already thinking about her grades. You know, she's worried about her grades. Um, she wants to go somewhere in northeast, in in like Boston or New York to college. How is that going to work out for his mom? Oh, yeah, his her mom is probably freaking out that she's yeah. going to be so far away. Well, right? she says that we're probably going to move wherever she goes to college. So I don't. What? I don't think so, but you know. Hey, but we can do the podcast via Zoom. Or yeah, something, exactly, right? exactly. Oh my gosh! So yeah, that's um, you know, we took her to the mall, okay. got a couple things, you know, a mall. Should, What's a mall? Quote unquote, a mall, right? Because yeah. it's nothing here, right? Yeah, no. Well, malls are just going away. Period. I oh mean, yeah, that's right. I mean, I haven't been to any other bigger city malls, but this one, if we kind of gauge. Uh, what malls yeah. are looking around like across the country. I'm sure it's as sad as the ones we have here. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. How about you? How was your weekend? Uh, you know, it was good. Um, we actually watched a couple movies. I finally finished up Venom. I, I watched half of it and we just got busy. And so I finally finished that one up. It was it was a great movie. I thought it was a great movie. Venom, which one? Uh, it's the Carnage one, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson, yeah. but I like him and he played a, he played a good anti- Venom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was good. Um, We started Peacemaker. Oh, yes. I I saw the advertising. Uh, I will give you a, I guess, alert. Yeah. It is very graphic and has a lot of profanity in it. Yeah. Like, I didn't expect that at all. Now, profanity, I think I can handle. um, And I think my kids can handle the profanity. um, But... 
It's graphic. aggressive. It, okay. It's very aggressive profanity. I uh, mean, I, to see John Cena in in that form, I, I just <laughs> I don't know. Uh, right. it, it, it's it's vulgar. Like I'm even like kind of shocked on it. So and and I don't expect that from my superhero movie. Yeah, exactly. Right? Especially Peacemaker, right? And and it's Peacemaker. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm the third way in on that. But you know, it's funny that we talk about this because my buddy mm-hmm. who listens to the podcast, awesome. I don't know if he's the only guy. <laughs> whatever. Uh he's like, "You know, you guys for doing a compact sports podcast Took sound nerdy." Yeah. I go, "What? What do you mean?" He goes, Dude, all you guys talk about is comic books and matchbox cars. <laughs> and I said, oh, really? I said, well, do you want me to pull out my Pokemon or my Dungeon yeah, Dragons? Exactly. We can talk about that for an hour. Yeah, we could talk about records. I got hundreds of records. <laughs> and then uh, what else I got? I got, I got Funko uh, stuff. So, yeah. I, you know what? I uh, pride myself on calling myself a, a nerd in some aspects. Yeah, I yeah. am too. But, yeah, yeah, I thought that was funny that he uh, saw that off. I think it's all part of being street smart you know Isn't it? yeah because you got to be a little bit smart in everything you yeah know, not just in the streets not just in the books but encompass Listen, everything the expert of combat sports is not going to win jeopardy you got to have a little knowledge in every area right <laughs> yeah exactly you know and you know what some of these um i think some of these uh fighters are really smart too so they, they've yeah. uh, and they have their own nerdiness about them sometimes too but I will tell you, I was super excited for combat sports back in boxing yeah, uh, definitely. on Saturday. It was great. Yeah, definitely. We did have our first championship bout of the year, a light heavyweight championship bout for boxing. Um, let's just go ahead and kick it off with let's Joe Smith Jr. and Steve Gefford, who's he's fighting um, on an eight-day notice. Eight-day notice, and Gefford is ranked 108th in the world. Yeah, the thing about I think what stood out for Gefford was that he was eighteen in a row, in a row eighteen wins in a row right. after his two losses to begin his career, really hyping him up and all the uh, promotional stuff that was going on in ESPN. Um, Joe Smith Jr. technically considered almost a journeyman before he was um, uh, won his championship belt. He was, yeah, yeah, and uh, watching the fight because I'm still new to boxing, they talked about how Guilford's technique was a high guard, which I had never yeah, seen. Yeah, it was that. a really it high guard. Yeah. interesting to, to watch that kind of skill and, and see how Joe Smith is going to attack it. Joe Smith came in 27-3, uh, and three, and Steve Getford came in 18-2. and two. 100% of our pickers picked Joe Smith Jr., uh, which they ended up being right. Yeah, yeah, and they had said before that fight that they had called 12 other fighters, and they yeah, all that. declined that. And uh, ranked fighters, like people yeah. that were really up yeah. there, and they did decline that. Um, in the end, Smith did, um, I think it took him a little bit longer than I wanted him to do, uh, but um, got a TKO in a, with 37 seconds in the ninth round. He did, and Joe Smith came out early just with bad intentions. I mean, he was looking... He did. To just get fire off some some heavy punches, man. But Gafford kind of s- stayed in there. Um, he, did. he had that high guard. I think that really protected his head. Um, and Joe Smith never went to the body as much, or didn't go up to the body as much as he wanted to, yeah. or he should have. Yeah. To to trying to get by that high guard. But it, it looked like those punches were taking a toll because in between uh, rounds. Gilford said that he had hurt his left shoulder because of that. Yeah, definitely. And in the ninth round, I mean, you know, it just comes to an end where uh, Gifford just got got overwhelmed with punches to both the head and the body and um, just took the knee. It was the right call. I think so, too. And yeah. it was the right call on the boxer's yeah. choice. I think the, uh, the corner man, um, his trainer, was kind of really upset about him technically quitting. But he knew he wasn't going to – he was behind in that fight. I, I, I have respect – 
for the for the fighters that have heart and stay in there but i also have respect that when you're you're losing you're losing and we can live to fight another day yeah he didn't win any of those yeah. rounds i don't think maybe if any just one where maybe smith took a break but other than that there was no chance of him um getting a knockout and i don't even think gefford had the power to try to knock out joe smith jr i don't think so either so like we said in the end smith wins um and retains his light heavyweight title what do you think is next for joe smith well the world is his oyster he has so many potential fights i i think it's wide open i mean uh he's lost to beevil before i'm sure he would like to avenge that one Better Beave is another one he could have, and they have already even talked about Gibraltar Ramirez. That would be a great fight, too. So which one do you like of those three? What path? I think I like the uh, Gilberto Ramirez fight. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I would like that one better than um, trying to go against Beevil. He's already, Like you said, he already lost to him. Yeah. Um, Better Beave, I think he's just a notch higher, uh, several notches higher than um than Joe Smith Jr. is right now. now I know you're a Ramirez fan. Who do you early on or who are you picking in that fight? Smith Jr. or Ramirez? From what I'm judging, you know, from the fight that Joe Smith Jr. had, I I would pick Ramirez right now because I just didn't see anything that was kind of um like any flashes of you know there was just, no elite skill that yeah would, nothing that yeah. that would I think any other boxer would would be um. You know, just uh, throwing caution to you know, and I'm pretty sure those 12 fighters that they called were probably saying we should have took the fight. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, the the other problem with with the 12 fighters was the current champions had just fought in less than a month, yeah. and Ramirez had just fought, and so you know, any one of them probably would have stepped up had they not had you know more time to to yeah. get. Yeah. So who do you think is going next? I think he's getting a Beevil fight. You think so? I'm I'm with you. I want Ramirez first. I think Beevil second. I don't, I mean, better Beev, he's just on another level right now. I think so. And better Beev, I think he's still suffering from that nasty cut that he he received in his last fight. But Um, it was good to watch him. It was good to watch another champion fight and, and to see, you know, how well he stacks up, you know, in the current situation. How about for Steve Gefford? You know, I'm just going to say, we'll probably never hear from him again. Really? I don't, I think, don't so. think so. I don't think we'll ever. Oh, he, I, I do. I think you think so? Well, he took a fight on eight days notice. We, we've already said that. Twelve other fighters said no, so mm-hmm. he gained some respect. He was training for an eight-round fight and yeah. took a 12-round fight. I think it's a good fighter. Just get back, start training, find a fight. I, I, I mean, he's 18 and, I mean, you're saying we're never going to see him again. Well, he's only 18 and one. Yeah. He's well, 18 and three. Maybe he lasts. Oh, eight, his, 18 and yeah, three. Right. Yeah, okay. so. The thing is, I think, um, yeah, he was training for an eight-round fight. He only lasted eight rounds in thirty-seven seconds. Right. Um. So, I mean, you're right. He looked good. There was some. There was some moments of of him, you know, that I saw that he, he was trying to turn it up. But Smith was just a different level. Okay. When you when you say we'll never see him again, you mean like in a championship, yeah. or you just mean fighting in general? Oh no, not in fighting in general. Okay. I'm sure okay. we'll see him. I mean, okay. but I meant like in the upper levels of oh. these top twenty fives, getting another top twenty five fighter, top fifteen fighter. I don't think we'll we will ever have him just yet. If we do, it's it's one of those, you know, up and comers maybe. You know, it's crazy in boxing. Yeah, how a guy that was on an eighteen fight win streak—that's literally what he was. Yeah, he just lost, and we're already saying he's not even going to be in the yeah. top fifteen. Yeah, I mean, and and that's and you're you're probably right. 
Yeah. That's just I the mean, way boxing is. Looking down the um the rankings, I mean, there's no one in the categories in the top fifteen that has more than than uh well there's one, there's a couple that have three losses, but they have twenty eight wins or forty six wins. So they're they're really yeah. seasoned. Um so you know, just I guess, you know, I I see you're being positive. I, I hear I you am. being positive. He's still positive. young, right? I don't know if he's still young. That's another thing. He is, uh, let me look here. He's 31 years old. He's in his prime. Yeah. Technically. He's in his prime, but only training for eight rounds. So, I don't know. So, I don't know which promoter he wants. He wants Daniel or he wants Alan. Yeah, the positive guy or you just tell me, dude, you need to hang it up. Just, uh, I'm not hanging it up. Just like, let's, um, the, our dreams yeah. are a little bit hot lower than what yeah, you're, set you your bar. started. Yeah, set your bar. You're right. Well, that wraps up this past weekend's um, biggest boxing events. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a couple. I don't know if you saw any in the uh, of the preliminary fights. There were some good ones. Um, yeah. Nothing that really stood out. Uh, but um, there was one that came out with his own mascot. I don't I, know if you I saw, saw that. that. Yes, like, I did. The mascot he looked like him. He, he he had a yellow beard. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he called out the champion of that weight division, uh, Navarrete. And I can't believe he was he my that. favorite fighter, yeah. one of my favorite fighters. So you know what? That that is a brilliance of a promoter. Yeah. We've always talked about you need to be promoting your current fight and promoting the second, the next one. Yeah, and we'll get into that too. But um, th- you're right. I mean, he came in with some flashy hair, you know, go or or a dyed beard. Yeah. And he, I thought it was a fake beard, and no, it was a real beard. I yeah. was like, oh, and okay. And then you have your own mascot that looks just like you, yeah, and then it was cheerleaders. Cool. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that he's he's really promoting himself, and people, even me, I noticed that. I'm in West Texas. Yeah, imagine how many other people that have. Powerful promotional promotions and things are looking at this guy. And do it a few times, and you're going to get real popular and real on, fast. And on ESPN Plus. Yeah. Yep. Um, well, that brings us to this week's big fight. It's another championship bout. We have a featherweight bout between Gary Russell Jr. and Mark Magsayo. So this is in the featherweight division, 126 pounds. Emmanuel Navarte, Keiko Martinez, Leo Santana Cruz, and of course Gary Russell Jr. are your current champions. Now this is Saturday the 22nd in New Jersey and it is for Russell's WBC world title belt. Now Gary, Mr. Russell Jr. is 32 years old. He is 31-1, and 18 Ks, and he is currently 5th in the world. His last fight was a win by decision February of 2020 and his only loss was in 2014. So Mark Magnifico Magseo is 26 years old, and he is 23-0. He has 16 Ks, and he is currently ranked 20th in the world. Now, his last fight was a win by KO in the 10th round, August of last year. Now, Russell Jr. is a favorite at minus 480, and Magseo is a plus 360. Gary Russell Jr. made his pro debut back in 2009. He has a 58% knockout rate. He's from Washington, D.C. He won the title back in March of 2015. Standing at 5'4 with a 64-inch reach, he fights out of the southpaw fight stance. Notable wins come against Kiko Martinez, Jojo Diaz, and Patrick Haaland. Notable losses come against Vasily Lomachenko. Mark McSayo, he turned pro back in May of 2013, and he has a 70% knockout rate. He is from the Philippines. He stands at 5'6 with a 68-inch reach fighting out the orthodox fight stance. Notable wins come against Julio Ceja and Pablo Cruz. 
He has no losses. So this Gary Russell Jr., he's good because I have never seen this guy. Um, yeah, he's pretty good. Um, he's really technical. He only fights once a year, okay. technically. And um, he's only he's beat pretty good guys, like we mentioned, Jojo Diaz, Kiko Martinez, right. who Martinez just won the title in another division or another title uh, belt. And uh, Patrick Hagelin lost a decision loss, I believe, to uh, Veliseli Lomachenko. So he's fought pretty good fighters, and um, you know he. And uh, one interesting thing okay. is that all his brothers are named Gary Russell. What? They just go. Yeah, he has a brother named Gary Anton Russell. Oh, there's another like Gary something Russell. He his the the dad named him after him after himself. Yeah, so he he's like uh, George Foreman. George Foreman, yeah, right? Exactly. Okay. Um, is Gary Russell a volume? No, puncher? no, okay. just is more technical. A, a defensive fighter. Defensive. Okay. Defensive fighter. Um, really technical. Knows how to, you know, work the guard. Um, he's not, it doesn't have a lot of power with, you know, as it show here, 58% knockout rate. Yeah. But he's just a really good boxer in, in that aspect. And you've seen him fight. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, who do you got? Well, we'll start with you. Well, I went back to look at uh, Mark Magsayo's uh fight against Julio Ceja where he knocked out Ceja brutal knockout but if you only look at that to judge um, him as a fighter then you're kind of going in there a little bit blinded because he got knocked down a couple of times in that same fight and so um, so it shows that he can get touched but the thing is that does, does Gary Russell Jr. have the power to do that but I think Gary Russell Jr. has the knowledge or the the technical savvy, I guess, to avoid that power. So I'm going with a decision win for Gary Russell Jr. Okay. Well, I like the more active fighter. Yeah. Because I'm worried about ring rust. And yeah. he may have the knowledge in his head, but does he have the skills to, to uh, I guess, brush off those cobwebs? So, And, and I've considered that because yeah. um, McSyle is a big guy. He, and he's got some power. Yep. 70% knockout rate. and uh, But I just think that Gary Russell Jr., can avoid the big shots. Well, I'm drinking the even-killed, undefeated record Kool-Aid. Give me Magseo by decision. <laughs> All right. So we got a decision in both ways. Um, if it's going to be a knockout, then it's going to be very surprising. Yes. Well, I'm excited for the fight. I am too. I'm, again, excited to see Russell Jr. Um, get back in the ring. Uh, just to, to see what's going on. What you know where he has where he's at. Now that we're um, almost a year out of his last fight. And that division has some, in my opinion, some tough uh, champs in that division. I mean, it, it is kind of fooled. It is. It is. It's, it's, uh, well, like you mentioned, Navarrete, uh, Emmanuel Navarrete, yep. Kiko Martinez, he just won this title. Yep. Uh, Gary Russell Jr., of course, Leo Santa Cruz, who's fighting a couple weeks or months. Um, and Lee Wood, yeah. he's also on up and coming. And then we got those challengers. This is a great division to follow. You got Michael Collin there. Um, you still got Kit Galahad, who's, who's who got oh knocked gosh. out a couple of weeks ago yeah. or months ago. But you know he's he's on the rise. He's going to try to come back up. And who else is on here? Um, Isaac Dogbay, uh, Joette Gonzalez, Marcia Lara. 
There's, there's, there's a lot of big names in this division. Yeah, and I think your 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 point is uh, should be well taken because most of the time, f- boxing fans are looking at at heavier divisions, and this is a a, a light division at 126 pounds. I mean, people need to take notice that there's a lot of exciting fighters to to yeah. look out for. And this is going to be an exciting fight. I mean, again, we have uh, Darius Russell Jr. versus the number four rated uh, Max Sayo. Absolutely. Well, that brings us to our boxing news for the week. What, what do you have for the news? Well, my first news story is Ryan Garcia has come out and said he is ready for an April 2nd return, likely in Las Vegas, and he's eyeing three fights in 2022. Now, he is currently 21-0 with 18 Ks and was calling out Isaac Cruz, but it never materialized last year. However, he wants to fight three times in 2022. What do you think about him wanting to do that, and who would you like to see him fight? And you say fight three times in twenty twenty. Yes, Dang, that's that's uh, that's, that's a heavy a lot. workload, right? That's heavy workload. I mean, especially when you haven't fought in almost year and a half, two years, right? Um, you know, more power to it. But doesn't you're gonna fight three world class fighters or get a tune up? Well, maybe a two tune ups and then world class fighter. Well, here's the other thing. He's literally wasting four months out of the year because he doesn't want to come back to April 2nd. And yeah. you're going to try to put two more in there? Yeah, within a span of, what, another eight months? So, so eight, what, in eight months, four, three fights? Yeah. That's crazy. So, give me a, a guy or two because I know you like Ryan Garcia that you would like to see him fight. I mean, I think it's right now... A, it would be the big names, and uh, I don't know if he's gonna fight those big names just right right away. Um, but we still we have Javante Davis out there. Oh, that's a huge Devin name. Haney, oh. um, maybe Teofimo Lopez uh, if they stay in the same bracket or same weight class. Um, you know, it's just the list goes on and on. Combosis Jr. is there. That division is stacked too. Yeah, it is right. Well, it should be interesting. I don't know if he'll get three fights in, but I'm hoping for a couple. Now, I know I don't know if you've heard, but rumor has it, and this is just a rumor, so you're hearing this rumor on our podcast, oh. that Mike Tyson and YouTube star, sensation don't turned boxer, Jake Paul, don't say Jake, Jake Paul. Paul, no, have agreed to a fifty million dollar exhibition fight. So that's still pending dates and everything. And uh, approval, I'm sure, but that's the that's the rumblings that are going around the boxing world right now. Fifty million to Mike Tyson, or I think 50 they split million it. To... I'm sure they split it. Okay, just so you're telling me Jake Paul is going to split money with arguably one of the greatest heavyweights in the world, Mike Tyson? Like, is that worthy of that? Really? <laughs> well. I think so. I mean, you got a 50, what, six-year-old versus a 20-something-year-old. But he's a real boxer. This is not Ben Askren and Tyron Woodley. I'm saying real boxer, a real old boxer. We saw, But we saw Mike Tyson in an exhibition fight already this last year, and he looked fine to me. He didn't look like a Vander Holyfield, that's all. Yeah, you're you're right, you're right. He looked legit. And if it's an exhibition, exhibitions are what, six rounds? I mean, Mm -hmm. I I don't see Jake Paul hitting Mike Tyson. He's still too quick. I've seen seen video. Have you seen videos of Mike Tyson? Oh, yeah. I mean, he he will knock out any um, stationary object you want to. You want him to. Yeah. 
I mean, I'm just oh, saying oh, it's just different. Wow. I don't know. Okay. I'm not saying that okay. Jake Paul's gonna beat him. Or I'm. I mean, I'll. I'll say right now, Mike Tyson will knock him out. Okay. But do we want to see that? I don't want to see that. No. I have no interest in seeing that. Now, if they put it on, of course I'm gonna see it. But I don't. I don't want to see it. So it's a verbal agreement for fifty million dollars between Jake Paul, who's 25, and Mike Tyson, who's 55. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well. I guess we're going to find out, right? Yeah. Well, in, in more boxing legitimate news, <laughs> Charlo and Castino rematch has been reset for March 19th, likely in Los Angeles area, not in Houston. So Castino, who's 17-0, and 12 KOs, he's the WBO champion, and Charlo is 34-1, and 18 KOs, who owns the IBF, WBA, WBC belts. And they fought in a controversial split draw on july 17th so what are your thoughts i'm i was really excited hoping that this is going to be in texas so maybe that be an outside chance for me to go watch the fight yeah um no i guess it's going to be los angeles it's surprising to me because i think we all know where our world is and california could turn on a dime and just start shutting things down so i'm really kind of surprised they moved it to yeah to there aren't you i am surprised i'm and i guess there's there's even with all that happening, there's more probably more money make to be made out there. Now, uh, I'm sure you saw the first fight. Yeah, Did you yeah. agree with the decision? Yeah, you know what? Um, kind of looking about, you know, with the the vague memory that I do have, um, I remember thinking about it was a draw or Castano won. So New Jersey's Steve Weisfield scored Castino a fourteen one fourteen to one thirteen winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nevada's uh, judge scored it back and forth fight to a draw, 114-114. But the crazy one was the Puerto Rico, Nelson Vasquez, oddly scored what was a much closer contest, 117-111 for Charlo. Yeah, I remember that now. Um, I remember how controversial that score was. And I kept my own score watching the fight. We did. And uh, and I did have the tie. I have, I think, 114, 114, 113, one of those. Um, And I was like, okay, either it's a draw or Castano won. That's right. Because there's nothing that I saw that made made it look like uh, uh, Charlo won. Yeah, I mean, that Puerto Rico judge basically gave nine rounds to Charlo, and that was... That was clearly not the call. I heard he's driving a really nice Benz right Is now. he? <laughs> it's brand new Benz. Well, regardless of where this is going to be, if it's even on the moon, I'm excited to watch this rematch. Well, there's going to be a bigger match or a big match also coming pr- pretty soon. What? Um, you know, you mentioned a couple weeks ago uh, Keith Thurman and Mario Barrios yes. uh, setting up for a pay-per-view. Um, but it's going to be $75. Would you pay $75 for this pay-per-view? No, I would not no, pay not. 75 Who's Fox Sports pay per view okay. is going to be seventy four ninety five plus I, tax. Okay, is there going to be a, some massive undercards to make it worthy for me? Um, th- does it matter? I mean, because sometimes it's like okay, you, you know, if they're on an undercard, most of the time they're not going to be. Yeah, but I do think that um that Leo Santa Cruz is going to be on the flight fight. Uh, Luis okay. Neri is going to okay. be on the fight. It's going to well, be a really good card. But seventy five dollars for the main event being Keith Thurman and Mario Barrios. And and here's the non-title. thing non title. Oh, it's a non title too? Yeah. 
here's the thing we're going to talk about a little bit later, but we talked about it on the last podcast. So basically what you're telling me is I'm going to spend $75 for that if I did, mm-hmm. and I'm going to turn around and spend another $75 for the UFC pay-per-view because they've gone up on their pricing. It's like there's only so much funds yeah. that we can distribute out for our boxing, you know, our combat sports hobby, you know? And sometimes, you know, that they're on the same night, you know? Yeah. You know, and so that's $150. Yeah. For those that are legally doing this. Yeah, and your point's well taken. It's not even for a championship. No, not, a, not even. Yeah. Well, that's 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 a fascinating news yeah. right there. Uh, so, Eddie Hearn believes that the mouth-watering heavyweight clash between Anthony and Joshua and Tyson Fury will get made in late 2022 or early next year. Hearn said the fight is too huge for it to be put off any longer, and he wants to get it done as soon as possible. What do you think? Um, yeah, I want to get that done as soon as possible too. I mean, it's just, it's just, uh, um, it should be done as soon as possible so that we can go ahead and get a fury and uh, uh, whoever wins that fight, right? Yeah. Fight. Um, so many times I have seen in my lifetime where. We don't get the fight that we really want here, and then we get it five years past both their primes, and we're just like, this is not the fight we ever wanted. Like that Manny Pacquiao yeah. and uh, Mayweather, Mayweather fight. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm hoping uh, he is right, and that gets taken care of. Now, what do you make about this um, Bud Crawford versus Bob Aaron uh, feud that's going on where Crawford's accusing uh, his promoter, Bob Aaron, of uh, really kind of showing more bias or more preference to Latino and uh, white fighters. Really? Yeah, so I think there's a lawsuit going on now. He's, I guess he's trying now, to get out of his contract. Oh, I thought Crawford already had, he doesn't have a contract. Um, I don't know exactly, but I just if, know maybe maybe that's the reason why he's coming out now. Yeah, because Bob Aaron, didn't he? Didn't I have a news article about he said, hey, if he can go make some money somewhere else, yeah, you're go right. make it because I can't make any money on you. Yeah. No, I remember you saying that. Yeah. And um, But now, I mean, with these allegations from Bud Crawford saying that, well, he doesn't want to promote me and he favors... He thinks he's thinking that he's getting more favoritism towards Latino fighters or white fighters. Uh, how do you? What do you think about that? Well, I haven't gone back and looked at the history of Bob Aaron, but he has been in. Uh, he's been in boxing for so many years. If that truly was, there would be a track record, and I just don't believe he does that. He is going to promote a fighter that's worth promoting. It doesn't matter what you are. And I agree with that too because um, we have a lot of uh, legendary fighters. I believe George Foreman has come out. Foreman has come out to, in defense of Bob Aaron, saying this is not true, you know, in this and that, and about um, the allegations that uh, Crawford is saying. I think he's bitter. I think he's. I think Bud is is upset at what Bob had said about about his son, the fighter, that they can't make any money, and I think he's retaliating with probably some false, a- a- you know, allegations. Yeah, definitely. Well, we'll see how that goes down, and you know. I'm looking forward to seeing Crawford fight a huge pay-per-view fight this year. Yeah. In in a huge mega stadium against a huge name such as Earl Spence Jr. or someone in that uh in that division. Yeah, and I think given the right fighter and the right promotion and you need to again self-promote, I think he could get the payday that he deserves. You got any other boxing news? I don't. All right. 
Well, that wraps up our boxing segment. And now we're going to our MMA segment of the show. Um, just going to go ahead and recap UFC Fight Night Calvin Cater versus uh, Giga Chikadze um, this past Saturday on ESPN+. Plus. To kick off the card, we have Bill Algio versus Joe Anderson Brito in the featherweight division bout. I'll tell you, for a fight that almost didn't happen, it was a one-sided fight in my opinion. 37% picked Bill Algio. Oh and yeah, sixty-two percent picked the uh, the debut, the debutante, uh, Joe Anderson Brito, um, who is coming in twelve and two uh, in the UFC, making his UFC debut. And so yeah, we had a lot of people just pick Brito to go ahead and you know whoop up on Bill Agio. That's really surprising. You know, Brito had an inconclusive uh, COVID test early in the week, and so they all had to sit and wait till the end of the week to see if he had a negative, which he ended up having yeah um yeah it was it was a yeah one-sided fight i believe don't don't you think yeah it was definitely a one-sided fight you know algio he 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 did a great job finding his 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 range for his jabs and his leg leg kicks and then on the other side brito's game plan was for takedowns and more often than not he was just unable to get him down in the end we have bill algio defeating joe anderson brito via unanimous decision 30 27 2928 and 2928. So, did you see after the fight, Aljo called out the judges and said he clearly was winning all three, all three rounds <laughs> and how did 2928 yeah. happen for two judges? What do you think about that? No, you know, I think I'm in on the same camp as he is. I mean, I, I figured at least Maybe one judge probably that would understand one, but two judges that's that's it didn't make crazy. sense to me at no. all, yeah, yeah, but you clearly thought that he won all oh, three I did yeah. absolutely, yeah. yeah, definitely, well, Bill Aljo was last ranked forty four in the u f c um who do you think he should fight next? Well, so he started out his post fight interview, and he calls out uh the Gigi uh, Chikazi fans in the building and told them to go home. He goes. <laughs> Uh, after expressing his wish, uh, his wish that Calvin Cater beat the Georgian in the UFC main event, because um, he called he called him out because he's his long term foe. Yeah, but he's currently ranked twenty forty uh, fourth now, and he's two and two in the UFC. Uh, I I think calling out Gagey is just not is it's just way too high. So I'm I'm gonna say that maybe he should try a. M- Maquin Mercani, uh, who is scheduled to fight in March, and if he wins that, and he and Algio is willing to wait, that maybe that fight would be the one to make. Um, what I have down here now, again, the last time I was checked, he was ranked forty-four, um, so I didn't go too high in the rankings to find a fight. Uh, so I have Tucker Lutz at rank fortieth. In the UFC, he's coming off a loss to Pat Sabatini. Okay, and uh, he's twelve and two and one and one in the UFC. Um, another name I have Charles Jordan, who's ranked 39th, um, who's coming off a win and is twelve and four overall. Yeah, I, li- I like both those two. I think they both have similar records. So yeah, I think those are two good matchups. How about for Joe Anderson Brito? Well, it was his debut, and he was unranked, and still is. Um, for me, there's actually a guy at 59, TJ Laramie, who has recently made a debut and also a loss. So match them up together and let's just see where they're at. Yeah, like that. Um, I'm just, again, keeping it real, looking at the bottom half of this division or bottom of this, this division, Colin Algin, Aglin on a two-fight losing streak. 
maybe that's something that um you know you can yeah. look forward to on that or Shane Young who is ranked 70th who's also on a two fight losing streak with a two and three in the UFC um but going back to Colin Anglin he's 0 and two in the UFC so he's um he's he hasn't won yet. Uh, and he's coming off his first two fights. Yeah, and there's a, a Sean Serrano as well, who's 0-5 in that division in UFC. So there's some names up down there that I, I definitely like that you're saying uh, would be a good matchup to, to maybe get a win for for one of them. All right, that brings us to our next um, match of the card, Caitlin Shikagan versus Jennifer Maya. Um, we're actually jumping over one of them. That did you kinda, watch the other one? I didn't watch the other one. Okay, um, but um, oh, you know, we didn't we didn't cover that because right. that snuck up on us um towards the end of the week. Yeah, so it, it was a uh, De- it was Dakota Bush. Yeah, yeah. Uh, versus a Borshovsky. Mm-hmm. Right, and uh, you know what? It was a really good fight. Did you uh, uh, see that uh, the shot to the ribs from Borshovsky to Bush? Just crumbled him. Oh, I mean, just crumbled, and he ended up just tapping. I mean, I it bet. was that yeah. brutal. But I thought the interesting part about it was, do you know what Dakota Bush's nickname is? That's exactly what I was going to bring up. <laughs> Go ahead. Yes, what I do. It? It's just it? crazy. It's Harry. So what's his name then? It's Dakota Harry Bush. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I heard that, but um, they didn't announce that. They didn't say his nickname. Bruce Buffer yeah, did not say yeah, his nickname. exactly. And I think this is like the second time, third time in a row that they did not say his Shame nickname. Shame on him. <laughs> right? Like, this is an, an adult, you know, venue with adult fights. I, I, I mean, come on, man. I mean, I guess they're referring to his hairy back or something. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but I, I I thought kudos for keeping that nickname, you know. But uh, I was listening to another podcast that uh-huh. that brought that up too, and they were like, "Well, that's not okay, but Raw Dog is okay." Yeah, somehow, yeah, 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 <laughs> funny. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, so it was it was a good fight. Um, so that yeah, but that that leads into our uh, Caitlin Chikagan and Jennifer Maya fights um in the light weight division. About. Yeah, so this was a fight that ended up with the same result at their first encounter two years ago. And I'm sorry, it's a flyweight division. Caitlin Chukagan comes in 16 and four. Jennifer Maya came in 19 and seven. Um, we had a split 50 50, kind of down the middle. Who's going to win this fight? Yeah, Chukagan used her trademark pressure and her crisp one two punches for most of that fight. Yeah, Caitlin Chikagan comes in and defeats Jennifer Maya versus, uh, via unanimous decision, 30-27 across the board. I feel like she was just too much for Jennifer Maya. Maya never really, you know, put on any kind of a Maya never threat. found an answer. Yeah, never. And I think the thing is that, uh, and I've heard this, and again, I'm quoting another podcast, yeah. is that Caitlin Chikagan is that line where, you know, uh, if you either good, good, you're good. If you're not, you're not. And Caitlin Chagagin is right there. She at that is division. a perfect example of a gatekeeper that yeah. we talk about of different fighters in their division. Yeah, c- couldn't she beat a um a Shevchenko? I don't think so. No, right? Um, so that's the other thing. You know, it's just like whoa, and she's fighting now on her. This was her last UFC fight. She's a free agent. She's a free agent. Um, so in the end, like we said, uh, she wins. Um. What do you think's next for uh, Caitlin Chikagan? Well, this is interesting. Uh, she's ranked third. She's ten and four in the UFC. She is on a three-fight win streak, but she's a free agent, which is kind of uncommon. She fell way well short against the champ uh, Valentina Shevchenko, yeah. and she doesn't. And it doesn't make sense right now to give her another title shot. But the problem is, is that if Dana White signs her again, 
then and she keeps beating all the other potential challengers, that doesn't work for him. Yeah, yeah. I definitely agree with that. Um, because going back to my point, you know, if she fights a younger fighter that's up and coming and she's outclasses them, well, then that just that just has another stalemate in that division where, you know, okay, there's only two or three fighters that are really good in that division, right. but none of them can go up against uh, Valentina Shevchenko. Well, if 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 we if we play, let's just say hypothetical, and let's just say she stays, okay. Um, I have her uh, fighting the winner of I Farat. Now, if I wins, then it's a rematch with Shokagan. and if Farat is the winner and can beat Shokagan, then she will go on to fight the champ. What are your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, Jennifer Ice coming out is on a three fight losing streak. Um, she definitely needs a win. Um, so if she does win that, you know, maybe so I have, you know, who else? I mean, you can't fight anybody lower than you. I don't think. Um, so I'm, I'm leaning towards the Jessica Andrade, the three number versus number two in this division. If she stays in the UFC, which I think every, all signs are pointing that she's not going to be back in the UFC. And, and on, Jessica Andrade, she's already fought her and beat mm-hmm. her. So, I yeah. mean, I don't know if that makes sense. What What do you think about uh, Shokagan going to Bellator? You think she'd make a good fit? And that's, and again, I'm quoting another podcast. Yeah. Um, you know, and they bring out a valid point. You know, she'll fight straight for a title, maybe on, on her first yeah, bout. Absolutely. In the in the, and I think they I've heard that they pay a little bit better as far as fighting, yeah. and you know, there's there's more promotion, and she'd be a big star. Over there, because she's lost in the mix in that division, and you know, all eyes are going to be on the champ Valentina. So yeah, I could, I definitely could see it. What do you think about Maya? Oh, Jennifer Maya is another another one of those that are um, has never really found any traction in the UFC. Um, She wins one, she loses another one, wins two, loses two more. I mean, it's really hard. I think she's also on her one of her final fights in her contract. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see the last of Jennifer Maya. But if we do, I do have somebody here. I have a um, an Andrea Lee who's on a two-fight winning streak. She's ranked 10th in 5-3 and three in the UFC. Well, you looked at my notes because that's that's who I have. Yeah. You know, Maya's fourth in the division. She is, like you said, 4-4 four and four in the UFC now. Up and down. Uh, she has now lost twice to her opponent. Uh, she did hold her own to the current champ, but she missed weight at 125 and is too, and it's just too small. If she moves up to 135, so she may be the gatekeeper if she, you know, if uh, she uh, her opponent ends up leaving. So yeah, I like Andrea Lee at uh, currently at eighth, uh, like you said, and uh, would be a good matchup. That brings us to our next bout on the card, Brandon Royval versus Rogero Bontarin in a flyweight division bout. I'm going to tell you, at the beginning of this match, it was no touch of the gloves, which meant we were going to have an exciting fight. Brandon Royval comes in 12-6. and six. Uh, Rogerio Bontarin comes in 16-3. and three. 87% of our pickers picked Brandon Royval to win the fight, um, with 12% picking Rogero Bontarin. In the end, we do have Brandon Royval defeating Bontarin by split decision, 29-28 twice for Roval and uh one uh 29-28 for Bonterine. What do you think about this decision? I think it could have gone either way. On my personal scorecard, I had Ravel 
first and third, and I had Bontarine in the second. What did you have? I I had um, Bontarine winning this fight. So you know, probably I don't I didn't break it down. Okay. Into uh, the the rounds, but in my opinion, I think he won this this fight, or it was a draw. Um, but it was really close. So, yeah. so yeah. did you give any rounds to Ravel? In your I did. Fight? I did give. Okay. Um, I, you know, the thing is that judges look at action also, and Ravel was everywhere. He was he trying was. to win. But what I saw is Bontarine defending really, really well, um, dropping. Um, Roy Val a couple of times yeah. of making him f- slip or fall, um, getting on top of him. You know, he Bronterine looked huge. He looked like a he huge, did. big, big guy, big monster. Um, Roy Val was just trying to look for that submission. Very slippery, um, everywhere. Very elusive. Yeah, very elusive. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's interesting that you think he won because my I, I my notes I have a question. Then, do you think Rogerio? Rosario Bontaran tapped to that armbar in the third. No, I don't think so. You don't think so? Uh-uh. What, I, did, what did that hand do? Because it tapped one time on his leg. Yeah, I think he was just trying to figure out where it's at or, you know, okay. You know, I don't think there was an a time that he was trying to get out. I think if you're trying to get out, you're going to try to get out. If you're trying to tap, you're trying to make everything noticeable to tap. You're going to tap. Well, the commentators acted like he. they thought he tapped. But when I saw it, I agree with you. I think he was trying to grab the leg. If he really was tapping, it would have been multiple taps. That's what you do. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. I think you're right. And people don't realize that uh, the tactics when you're getting submitted is to calm down and just mm. relax. Yeah. And I think that's what he was doing, relaxing his arm to make sure that, you know, it wasn't going to be a submission. So, Raw Dog. <laughs> it's okay to say Raw Dog. So, Harry Raw Dog. <laughs> yeah, right. The year of the Raw Dog. Yes. Um, as he said in his post-fight interview, um, he wins, you know, this fight. Now he's ranked, let's see, Roy Val, ranked fifth in the UFC, or coming in, he was ranked fifth in the UFC. Who do you have him fighting next? Well, he's 3-2 and two in the UFC. Um, I like a rematch with Alexander Pantoja, ranked at four. Uh, I think it's a... Um, Fight to make. He lost to him uh, by submission last year, and the other top six fighters are all fighting within the next two months. Yeah, I, I'm going down on this one. Um, okay, maybe just one, and it's a Kai Kara France who's trying to make a name, more name for himself, and moving his way up. Um, either fighting Brandon Royval and um, in this in his next battle, he's got a fight coming up. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? Who yes. does he fight? Uh, he's fighting Oskarov, right? Yes, Oskarov. Yeah. yeah. Um, well then, um, what about a, what about a Co- Cody Garbrandt? Yeah. Mm. You know what? I think so. I mean, I think people don't know who Brandon Royval is just yet. And That'd this be would good be a name, good right? name on your resume. Yeah. I like that as well. How about for Rogerio Bontarine? Ranked 11th. He's three and three in the UFC, but technically he's 0 and three because his win against Matt Schnell was overturned to a no contest because of a banned substance, and he also missed weight in that fight. But if I'm matching him up, then I, what about Manuel Cape at number 10? Ooh, that would be a really good fight. Cape's really good. Um, I like that fight. Uh, the name I have here is just, you know, one step below him. Who's on a three-fight winning streak? Um, he's won all three of his UFC fights. David Dorvac, um, who's three and zero in the UFC, twenty and thirty in overall. That's very interesting because, um, like I just said, uh, Baderon is zero and three against a three and zero fighter. I kind of yeah. like that one too. Yeah. 
And, and like I said, I don't think Bontarine didn't look terrible at all. He didn't look terrible, no. I mean, and he just had a bad, and, you know, bad luck of the draw. Yeah, because you know, like you said, argument can be can be made that he should have won that fight as yeah. well by the yeah. judges. Next up on the card, we have Jake Collier versus Chase Sherman in a heavyweight division bout. You could tell that this was a fan favorite fight with these two heavyweights. Definitely, Jake Collier comes in twelve and six. Chase Sherman fifteen and eight. Pickers chose 62% um, for Collier and 37% choosing Chase Sherman. Well, they both came out swinging for the fences, and you could tell they both wanted and needed a win in this one. Yeah, definitely. And definitely Sherman needed that win because I believe he was on either a two-fight losing streak or something like that. And um, I kind of was looking forward to seeing what Sherman could do. I had a lot of faith in him, but in the end, Jake Collier, it just, you know, just gets a – we all saw this coming, right? A submission win by a heavyweight. Uh, Rear naked choke in the first round with two minutes and 26 seconds left. For a short fight? And it being heavyweights, it was a great, exciting yeah, fight. For it me. was exciting, and I yeah. love watching heavyweights because you just, you just never know. You what never can know, happen, right? Right. So it's always a crapshoot to see who's going to win because any one of these big shots can land. Yep. Um, what's what do you think's next for Jake Collier? Well, Collier is thirty seventh uh, ranked in the division. He's five and five in the UFC, and he's a heavyweight that shows some grappling skills. Um, I think a fight with the thirty third thirty third ranked fighter Parker Porter who's coming off a win against Chase Sherman is the right choice for me. No, definitely. You read my notes because I do have that also Parker Porter, 33rd. Um, another one that was that he actually called out um, in his post fight interview, Justin Taffa, who's coming off a win, but um, was struggling to make weight to heavyweight. I didn't realize that there was a weight limit for heavyweights. 265. That's crazy. Yeah. But he couldn't make that weight for the heavyweight um, in his last fight. But Justin Taffa is a name that Collier was kind of calling out. Oh, I didn't I didn't see that. Well, that's good. that would be a good fight. How about for Mr. Chase Sherman? Well, he's currently ranked 34th. He is now 3-8 in the UFC and is on a three-fight losing streak. Um, and he said in his post-fight uh, he's at a crossroads in his fighting career. Um... He need so for me. He needs to find a fight to win, or he could be back to bare knuckle contest where he was actually the bare knuckle uh, BKFC champ at one point. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, the names are far and few between as far as who would be next for him. Um, I kind of have a question mark here because um, he's already probably the bottom half or bottom of the Uf- the UFC division here. Yeah. And um, on the three-fight losing streak, I'm, I'm sure they saw a lot of pro- potential in him, but he just hasn't realized that in the last three fights. Yeah, so maybe, you know, we may have seen the last of him in the UFC for this moment, for yeah. this go-around. Yep. You know, we always hear in these um, in the history of UFC, people are always coming back and getting re-signed. And, yep. you know, Brandon Moreno is one of those, uh, those stories. Absolutely. Finally, we come to our main event of the evening. Calvin Cater versus Giga Chikadze in a featherweight division clash. What a hell of a main event to start the year. Yeah, definitely. Sets, sets a tone for the new year. Yes, unbelievable. Calvin Cater comes in 22-5, and five, Giga Chikadze 14-2. We actually had 75% of our pickers choose Giga Chikadze for the win. That that was the obvious choice. Obviously, nine fight winning streak coming in. Yeah. Um, you know, Calvin Cater coming off a beat down from uh, Max Holloway, and who? Which 
what Calvin Cater are we we were where are we gonna get this past Saturday? Yeah, it it was a crazy fight. Yeah, it was very bloody. Um, Calvin Cater in the end defeats Giga Chikadze versus via unanimous decision, fifty forty five across fifty forty five fifty forty five and fifty forty four. There is a point where Cater was tired of of punching him and decided to start throwing elbows Yeah, to the point where he was actually hitting several spinning elbows. They were precise, and they were nasty. I mean, it goes to show that Giga Chikadze has a chin because he withstood a barrage of of, uh, elbows um, straight to his You know, it's just everywhere, coming out of nowhere seemingly, or spinning back uh, fists or spinning back elbows like you mentioned. Slicing him up, several terrible cuts in around his eyes. Um, I have a newfound respect for if, if we didn't have it already uh, for Giga Chikadze. Yeah, and and I, I really believe that most fans thought that he was going to win the fa- fight handily, or at the very least, uh, Cater would win by split decision. I don't think any of us saw he, saw that he was going to get beaten like that. I mean, I, I didn't. I didn't say shocked. definitely. I didn't. I think the thing is one of the key aspects of this fight that. Um, Chikadze stayed away or didn't do enough of is kicking. He didn't take the legs away as he yeah. would normally have done for any other fighter. Um, he just let uh, Calvin Cater come in and, and box him up. I mean, that's what Calvin Cater likes to do was box. When I, w- when I was watching the fight, it reminded me of the brutal battle between Tony Ferguson and Justin Gagey, where Ferguson was, was just not going to quit no matter what. Yeah. And I really like Ferguson, yeah. but Gagey... He was out on his feet, I thought. He was just fighting with heart. I mean, he's a tough SOB, man. Yeah, he sure is. Um, Calvin Cater is what ranked? Dang it. Let's see. Featherweight. He's seventh. Calvin Cater came in ranked seventh in the UFC featherweight division. Who do you think is next for Mr. Calvin Cater? Well, uh, he's 7-3 in the UFC. Um I don't believe Cater is ready for a title fight. However, another win gets him there. Um, I like a fight with Yari Rodriguez at four or Brian Ortega at three. I have the same. I have the same for him and also the same for um, Giga Chikazi. Uh So the way I have it here is Calvin Cater will fight Brian Ortega and Giga, Giga Chikazi will fight Yari Rodriguez. Um, like you said, I don't think he's ready for a championship bout just yet. One big win against one of these, either Ortega or Rodriguez, um, then I'm pretty sure he'll be thrusted into the uh, to the championship uh, uh, limelight or whatever. Um, but uh, I think that that's the the route that he should take. Well, first off, Rodriguez and Ortega are tough nights out. Yep. Let, let's just be honest. I mean, these guys bring it. Um, I don't like that path. I like uh, Chikadze to take some time off. I mean, I I, I saw where he. Has some cardio issues. I, I saw where he was worn out towards the latter end of, of that fight. Um, I think he needs a, a break to regroup. Um, and for me, when he comes back, if the Korean Zabi does not win the title, I like that fight. Or maybe a dance with Dan A.G. Yeah, Dan A.G. Yeah, definitely. I That's a good thing, too. But you're right. He does need a break. I'm, I'm sure he has probably like a six-month suspension because of yeah. all the injuries he sustained. Did they you both, see? Did you see the the picture of him? After yeah, that? definitely. The, uh, they both um they both were sent to the hospital. I think just uh, for precautionary measures. So so January fifteenth, we already have a candidate for five of the year. Do we already, not? Yeah, already. Can you believe that? And it was a, almost a year. Uh, well, 
2021's first fight of the year was Calvin Cater on the opposite end of this, right? Yeah. Getting beat up by Max Holloway. Year later, Calvin Cater comes in and beats up Giga Chikadze. So, uh, first uh, card of the year, where, where are you ranking that card? It wasn't as exciting as uh, it probably could have been. Um, the, all the other fights. This one, I mean, this this fight saved it, right? This this fight saved the card. Um, I'll probably give it about a six, six and a half, maybe seven. I was friendlier. I gave a seven. Yeah. But, you know, you could talk me into a six. Like you said, there, yeah. there were some, I don't know. I would think there was boring. a lot of decisions. Yeah. A lot yeah. of decisions. Yeah. Um, and you know the the uh, the main card wasn't as stacked as probably you would like it to be. But no, you know it, it it's it, it was not UFC's fault because there were a lot yeah, of cancellations exactly. on the on this card. So exactly, and I don't see that. I don't see that. I see it continuing. And you're right forward. because you know now we're going into previewing UFC 270 Francis Ngannou versus uh, Cyril Gan. It's also been impacted by the uh, COVID bug, I guess you would say, yeah. and cancellations too. So let's go ahead and jump right into this pay-per-view. Uh, of uh, the year. Yeah, first one of the year. Uh, it's got two championship bouts on the card and then two other bouts on the card. First up on the card, we have Cody Stanman versus Saeed Nurmagomedov. So this is the Bantamweight, 135 pounds. Aljamain Sterling and Peter Yan are our current champions. Now, Cody the Spartan Stanham is 32 years old. He's 19-4 and four, with six KOs, two submissions, and 11 decisions. He is currently ranked 18th. His last fight was a loss by decision May of last year, and he is 1-2 in his last three fights. Now, Saeed Magrinadov is 29 years old, and he is 14-2. and two. With four KOs, three submissions, and seven decisions. He is currently ranked 27th. Now, his last fight was a win by KO in the first round and is 2-1 and one in his last three fights. Now, Saeed is a minus 200 favorite, and Cody is a plus 170. Cody Stanham made his UFC de- debut back in July of 2017. He's from Sparta, Michigan, representing Michigan top team. He stands at 5'6 with a 64-inch reach. Notable wins come against Brian Keller. And Alejandro Perez. Notable losses come against Mareb Dashavili, Jimmy Rivera, and Aljamain Sterling. Saeed Nurmagomedov made his UFC debut back in July of 2014. He is from Russia, representing DAG Fighter MMA. He stands at 5'8 with a 70 inch reach. Notable wins come against March Streetleg, Ricardo Ramos, Justin Scoggins, and notable losses come against Roani. Barcelos. Who do you have in this? Well, bounce? when I see a Nermagan Madoff on the fight sheet, I have to pick him because he's got to be related to the GOAT Khabib. Yeah. However, that's not true. Uh, <laughs> but I do think the guy's legit. Uh, he only has two losses, so I like him by KO in the first round. Okay. Um, I also have uh, Nermaga Madoff, uh, but by decision. In decision. Okay. Next up on the card, we have Michael Pereira versus Andre Falilio in a welterweight division bout. So this is at 170 pounds, and Kamara Usman is our current champion. Now, Michael Dominator Pieria is 28 years old. He's 26-11 and 11 with 10 KOs, 7 submissions, and 8 decisions. He is currently ranked 23rd. His last fight was a win by decision, July of last year, and he is on a three-fight win streak. Now, Andre Filio 
is 27 years old, 14 and 3 with 11 KOs, one submission and two decisions. He's currently unranked. Now, his last fight was a win by TKO in the first round, October of last year. And hello, UFC, this is his debut. He is on a four fight win streak. Now, this fight was currently scheduled for last week, but one of the uh, competitors for Pierre had to cancel. Pierre is a minus 280, and Filio is a plus 230. Michael Pierre made his UFC debut back in May of 2019. He's from Brazil, representing Scorpion Fight System. He stands at 6'1", with a 73-inch reach. Notable wins come against Nico Perez, Nico Price, Chaos Williams, and Zalim Amidevev. Notable losses come against Diego Sanchez and Tristan Connolly. Andre Falelo is making his UFC debut. He's from Brazil. he's from Portugal, representing Sanford MMA, standing at six foot with a seventy four inch reach. Notable wins come back um, against James Vick in a different promotion earlier in uh, in his career. Who do you have as uh, the winner? Well, here here's here's what I, I I say. I do not like to take the hello hello UFC fighters and their debuts, and this is no exception because Pierre is a killer. So give me Pierre. Uh, by KO in the first round. Ooh, and then I, on the other hand, am, am choosing Andre Fajalo. Fajalo. I'm sure after he wins, we'll all know how to say this. Yeah. Um, by TKO in the first round. Wow. So yeah. we we have a KO in the first round. We just on the opposite sides yeah, of definitely. that cage. Next up on the card, we have a championship flyweight bout. Um, Brandon Moreto versus Davison Figueredo. So this is at the flyweight at 125. Brandon Morano is our current champion. Now, Brandon, the assassin baby, Morano, is 28 years old. He is 19-5 and five with three KOs, 11 submissions, and five decisions. He is currently ranked first in the world. His last fight was a win by submission in the third round, June of last year, and he is 4-0-1 in his last five fights. Now, the- Davison, God of War, Figueredo, is 34 years old. He is 20-2 with nine KOs, eight submissions, and three decisions. He is currently ranked second. His last fight was a loss by submission in the third round, and he is 3-1-1 one one in his last fights, fights. Now, Morano is a favorite at minus 175, and Figueredo is a, minus one, is a plus 150. Brandon Moreno made his debut back in 2016, actually cut by the UFC, and then returned to the UFC back in 2019. He won his title back in June of 2021. He represents Tijuana, Mexico, and Intram Gym MMA. He stands at 5'7 with a 70-inch reach. Notable wins come against Davis and Figueredo, Brandon Royval, and Kai Cara France. Notable losses come against Sergio Perez and Andre Pantoja. Davison Figueredo is start, began his UFC career back in June of 2017. He is from Brazil. He represents Team Figueredo MMA, standing at 5'5 with a 68-inch reach. Notable wins come against Alex Perez, Joseph Benavides, and Andre Pantoja. Notable losses come against Brandon Moreno and Josier Formiga. What a Cinderella story for Moreno. I mean, you're... Him being cut at one point from the UFC and to come back and be the champion just says a lot for for fighters when they look at at him and and see that you have a chance. You have a chance. Yeah, definitely. Don't stop fighting. Yeah. Literally. Um, Yeah, no, definitely. It's a a great, great rematch. 
Um, we're looking forward to a um, couple of months in the making because it's been canceled a couple of times. It has been canceled a couple of times. So I'm glad it, it's finally going to be here. Fingers crossed because yeah. we're, we're doing this on early in the week. Uh, <laughs> we still got a few days. You never ago. know. You yeah, know? exactly. So um, who do you have for this rematch? It's going to be a close fight. I just think it is. I want to pick the champ Murano, but something tells me the former champ Figueredo is going to get his belt back, and I think we're going to see a fourth fight. So give me Figueredo by KO in the third round. Wow, you know what? I I understand what you're feeling because I'm feeling the same thing. As I really love our champion, I really want him to succeed. Um, he's favored one eighty, one eighty, not by very much, right? No. Um, but there's something that that's lingering, I guess, in the air about Davis and Figueroa about the God of War coming for I'm his title. I'm really surprised you're fixing to tell me you're not picking Murano. I am picking Murano. Oh, you are. Yes, I am. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take him. Okay. Um, just on faith. <laughs> on faith. So he wins by faith. I'm gonna wins write that by down. Faith. So do you have decision? I what got do you a have? submission win again. Huh? So it wins again by what, the submission. What round? Uh, second round. Second round. Um, let, let's just say my hypothetical happens. Yeah. Would you be interested in watching a fourth fight? Or are you done with this trilogy? I think, yeah, I think I would, um, but not right away. Okay. Not right away. I think Brandon Moreno probably would have to win another fight. Uh, another fight before. But Figueredo did not have to win another fight to get back in. Yeah, that's true. But so, I think, but he he had a lot of title defenses, I believe, like a couple of okay. title defenses. Um, I can say this is a fascinating and exciting fight. I'm so excited yeah. for this fight. Yeah. Next up on the card, we have the main event of the evening: Francis Ngannou versus Cyril Gan in a heavyweight division clash. And this is at 225 to 265. And, of course, Francis Naganu is our current champion. Now, Francis the Predator Naganu is 35 years old. He is 16-3 and three with 12 KOs, 4 submissions, and 0 decisions. He is currently ranked first in the world. His last fight was a win by KO in the second round, March of last year. And he is on a 5-fight win streak. Now, Serial Baumgamen, gone, is 31 years old. He is 10-0. and 0. With four KOs, three submissions, and three decisions. He is currently ranked second. Now, his last fight was a win by KO in the third round. And, of course, he is on a 10-fight win streak. Now, Serial Gan is a favorite at minus 160. And our champ, Naganu, is a plus 135. Francis Ngannou made his UFC debut back in the December of 2015. He won his title back on March in March of 2021. He's from... Cameroon, by the way, of Paris, France, representing Extreme Couture MMA. He stands at 6'4 with an 83-inch reach. Notable wins come against Junior Dos Santos, Cain Velasquez, and Stipe Miocic. Notable losses come against Derek Lewis and Stipe Miocic. Cyril Gan made his UFC debut back in August of 2019. He is from France, representing MMA Factory. Standing at 6'4 with an 83-inch reach, Notable wins come against Derek Lewis, Alexander Volkov, and Josinho Rosenstruck. No losses. And he's a favorite and for this one. He he has he has steadily moved up in this division, beating a lot of formidable opponents. Yeah, the who's who of that division. Yeah. Um, who do you have? 
It's a tough one. This is a tough I, one, right? I had um, to uh, also think about this. So I looked at everyone else in this division, and I see a win for our champ, Naganyo. I think he beats all of them. However, no one has had a game plan or an answer for Serial Gon's new type of heavyweight fighter. So here's the other thing. I personally think Francis Nagano is wrapped up into making sure he gets paid well in his new contract, and I'm sure his home country pulls him in all different directions. So I don't know if he has a focus on this fight. I am taking gone by decision. Point well taken. Um, as far as you know, where's his head at? He's all I've been hearing is not how well he's been preparing for this fight. All I've been hearing about Nagano is how he frustrated he is with his contract yeah so i'm also thinking that that's going to factor into the uh into the decision or into the result are you this. coming over to yes. to, to to my train the saragon well, train i'm coming over to the undefeated train uh, oh which you, i am the conductor of the you undefeated. are the conductor <laughs> that's so, right Cyril uh, gone wins um the ufc championship um by decision by decision as yeah. well now we both said decision Will it be a clear 50-45? Do you think that it's going to be closer than that? What do you think? I think if it's a decision, it's going to be um, it's going to be a little bit more spread out. Not 50-45, okay. but maybe like you know, a couple of rounds for Nganu, the rest for yeah. Gan. If Nganu wins, it's by knockout. It's got to it be. It's yeah, going to be I by agree. knockout. Because yeah. I don't think Nganu has gas for five rounds. So I wrote this question down to you. Let's say you are Francis Ngannou's uh, trainer. What would you tell Ngannou how to plan for serial gods? Because we've seen him fight. How do you plan for him? I think that's a hard thing. I think all your life you haven't had a plan. Technically, I don't. I mean, the last fight he showed against Stipe that he could wrestle, that he could, yeah. you know, stop some wrestling. Um, but I try not to steer, steer away from what got you to where you were at. And that's just being aggressive and looking for that knockout punch. And and I do you, does he have a weight advantage? He doesn't have a height advantage. I think he has maybe a weight. I don't know. Um, probably so. I mean, yeah. I mean, they're both uh, technically even on the yeah. height and the reach. Um, the weight advantage maybe. Yeah. I mean, they both have to make two sixty five, right? Or yeah. at least um, yes, the limit. Um, I just it's just it's going to be a clash of titans. For sure. Because I consider Francis Ngannou like Derek Lewis. I mean, he he is kind of patient. He's looking for the big punch. But I think, like you said, your point is you need to pressure Cyril Gon. I don't think Cyril Gon has ever been pressured yet. Yes. That's, that's, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. right. Um, Cyril Gon does. And I think Gon has a game plan. He knows he's more tactical, he I is. believe. He's so, playing a chess match, Yeah, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, But... Hey, this this is a this should shape up to be a good first pay per view UFC card. If uh, Ngano wins, does it stay with the UFC? Are you asking if he's going to box Tyson Fury? Because that's the other <laughs> that's the other. I mean, if he loses, doing. I think it's all, only obvious he'll probably go on to. He says he's already not going to fight for the UFC under this current. Well, that's on, a shame. Yeah, I, I think if he loses, I. I don't think he should just quit. I, I just that doesn't make any sense. I, I I understand he wants to get paid. I get it, but he still has a lot left in him as far as in that heavyweight division. I don't know. What yeah, do you, I what just, are your thoughts? What do you, I, I would I would hate to see him go because it says like, where are you going to go? Bellator? Who? 
I mean, I guess, okay, let's say he goes to Bellator. Does he fight, um, who's that big guy over there that uh, was, never went to the UFC, but he's just one of the, considered one of the greatest heavyweights, um, he, Russian guy. Oh, Fedor? Fedor. Fedor ain't fighting anymore. He, no. he he fights, he handpicks him, and he only fights in Russia. In so Russia, that's never yeah. happening. So, but, King I mean, Mo, is he still over there? Yeah, I think Maybe. he is. And then yeah. there's uh, Ryan, Ryan Bader. Ryan, yeah, Bader. Ryan yeah. Bader. Yeah. I, there's not much competition over there. I mean, this is this should be it, right? As far as the peak of the litter, as far as heavyweight division. And, and here's the thing. Let's just, let's just say he loses. He still has a lot of fights left that he can fight. I mean, there is a rematch with Stipe. Yeah. There could be a John June, Jones, Jones, right? Yeah. And you could start fighting you could start fighting the Derek Luces and Rosenstrukes and I, I mean can, there's yeah. some potential there. I mean, sometimes you, you get tired of hearing people complain about a million dollars or fifty five hundred thousand yeah. dollars to fight. I get it, right? I get it. You're putting your I life do. on the line. I do too. And everything, you gotta pay all these other things. But but that's what you signed up for. He listen. He's not going to get paid as well as he wants to be in the UFC. What other job are you going to get that? You, you, you're destined to be a fighter. You're in the number one promotion in the world, yeah. and they're willing to pay a reasonable amount, amount for your services. So I don't, I don't understand. I, you know what? We we find out sometimes there's a lot of people in in superstars' ears that send them down the wrong road. Yeah, and I'm the, kind of to your point. Don't blame the UFC for your contract. Blame your representative. And that's that's a great point. Yeah, you're absolutely so, right. We'll see, but hopefully we don't see the last of Engano. He's just one of the most, the brightest, one of the brightest stars of the UFC heavyweight division and UFC in general. Everybody knows who Francis Engano is. Um, he picked up Shaquille O'Neal. I don't know if you saw that that clip where he he literally no? picked up Shaquille O'Neal. No, like just picked him up. <laughs> That's a big man. That's a big bit. Um, but then, you know, if Cyril Gon does win, um, it's a ushering in a new era of heavyweight division. And sky's the limit for this guy. I don't see anybody else challenging him again, you know, for this title. Unless John Jones comes in and uh, fights Gon. If, yeah, I, I haven't even looked that far. But, I mean, the very first one, Stipe, has been, I think, uh, the UFC is kind of – been really harsh on him for they sure have you know and he deserves another title shot but it's understandable kind of because okay did we want another Stipe Ngannou fight right away I, I don't think I did no uh, I don't but if 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 Serial ends up being the champion I am all for a Stipe Serial fight yeah I am too fight. yeah I am too yep well great great um well I mean I say great the first two fights are going to be amazing, I believe. Yes. Or the last two fights are going to be amazing yes. for this UFC 270. Um, we'll see what the other. Uh, it's only down to four fights. Um, wow. This this card. Uh, because and if we of, get them, get those four. I mean, a lot could change in, until we get to that card side. And remember, you're paying seventy five dollars this week. Oh, we are, aren't we? Five more dollars well, for well, less fighting. Well, technically, I'm paying one fifty because I got to buy the Russell one, yeah, and then yeah. turn around and buy the UFC yeah. one. So it's one. They should do some like sports. I'm sure other countries have like some sports package. You just yeah. pay one solid fee every month, and you get everything. Yeah, everybody has their hand out. I get it. Yeah, definitely. So. Um, but yeah, we're looking forward to this at uh, UFC 270 this Saturday night. Um, you know, and then we'll recap that as soon as we get back next week. Absolutely. You have any UFC news? Yeah, I top of my news. Uh, interesting. Amanda Nunes exits American Top Team uh -oh. following her loss. 
Now, she said, you think I'm going out unbalanced? I undoubtedly accept the rematch. Give me a little time to get my crap together, and I will be back better than ever. She wrote that on her Instagram post. Now, here's my thing. You have success for all these years with the same top MMA team in the business, and now you lose one and you say you're unbalanced? Are you blaming your team or are you just dropping them? It sounds to me like American Top Team is her scapegoat. What is your thought? First of all, don't doesn't everyone that's on American Top Team have a tattoo of American Top Team? Like oh, they do have, they? I think they have that America, uh, the United States of America, blue and white. Well, blue you, and red. You bring that up, yeah. And let me tell you who has been on American Top mm-hmm. Team. If if you're telling me every one of these haven't, I mean Joanna Chechek mm-hmm. used to be Junior DeSantos, mm-hmm. Andre Olaski, Hiram Woodley, and who is still on there? Dustin Poirier, Jorge Mazadov, Kayla Harrison. Yeah. And Glover Texera. So, what's and up? Another name to add to that ex American top team is Kobe Covington. He used oh, to be that, on it. That is right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, what do you think about her dropping him? Um, I, and regrouping. I don't want to say this, but I'm going to say I think she's just blame, blaming the wrong people. Um, dropping them. I think she's blaming their their preparation for her. You know, for that fight, which I think she should just you know. Suck it up and I lost because it is my fault. Um, I'm not saying that she's saying that, but it's just coming off that way. You know, and and here's the other thing: American Top Team, um, when they have the goat in their in in their group, and the goat has won so many times, whatever the goat says, they're going to go along with. So if the goat Amanda yeah. goes, I've got this, they're not going to pressure her. They're going to go. I'm sure she's got it. Yeah. And yeah. and guess what? She didn't have it. Yeah. Definitely. I mean. They've found success everywhere else. I mean, there's other fighters on the the fight in that team finding success too. So I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to say that she's um, blaming other people for what happened to her, but it's just coming off that way. So I have a theory. Okay. She says she's actually going to create her own team. Oh, wow. Okay. And if she creates her own team, then she's not on the same team as. Kayla Harrison, which means then she could have that fight. Do you think that maybe that's the angle? Um, maybe, but according to some news outlets, okay, Kayla Harrison is expected to resign with the PFL. I saw that in the last hour, and I'm kind of surprised, but not because I love the PFL. I I like the way they do their promotion, but that is. PFL Kayla Harrison promotion in my opinion. Yeah. Um but then I guess, you know, opens up the door for, you know, I'm sure PFL maybe will let Kayla Harrison fight an exhibition fight or something with uh Nunes. Here's my problem is Kayla Harrison is so above the competition over there, either the PFL need to sign somebody else because why are you even going through the motions? Just hand her the million dollar check every year. I mean, yeah. it just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, we'll see on that. Yep. Do you have anything else? I do. All right. So Dana White has come out, uh, and it was actually during the uh, post-press conference of uh, the UFC 46 last uh, last week. Mm-hmm. He said he does not like the increase on the pay-per-view either, and he was asked, uh, you know, do you make those decisions? And he goes, we don't. We don't have any say in that. We gave the pay-per-views to ESPN, so yeah, it's their decisions. How do you feel about that stuff? 
Um, you know, that's kind of, you know, okay. Yeah, I understand. In technicality, the technicality of all this, yeah, yeah. technically it is ESPN setting the price. Um, but they're benefiting from it, right? I mean. Are they? Because, I mean, it, if the contract said, hey, we we charge sixty nine ninety five and UFC, you get 25% of it. But if we decide to raise it, you don't get Still any get, of that raise. Yeah. Do you? I don't. Mm. I don't know how that contract's I out. I don't. I don't either. But I heard an interesting theory is that let's say, um, and this is kind of going along the fighter pay, right? Mm-hmm. Where um, some people have said, okay, well, if you look at ESPN and all the mechanics that go into ESPN or the UFC, um, let's say UFC, right? Mm-hmm. All the mechanics that go into the UFC. Um, the backs that who's working it, all the people you got to pay all those people that put on that promotion. Oh yeah, right. And so sure. that's where the money's going into right there too. Whereas if you're doing a boxing, um, the promoter gets some money and then they pay the 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 staff of the arena, yeah. you know, or the arena they're paying the arena and the arena pays the staff for to put that on. You know what I mean? Yep. So I, th- I found that interesting. That was one of those things I've never really thought about. That a lot of the UFC pay goes into paying its own. Um, people that are part of the company that are part of the company, the people that move the people, uh, move the uh, the the ring and everything like yeah. that. Because I'm sure they have their own teams. Um, but yeah, I don't know how these contracts work out, and um, you know, it's interesting to see where all this is going to lead to. Because eventually, you know, there's only a certain amount of straws you can put on the camel's back. There's a threshold. Yeah. Right. And we don't know where that threshold is. We're going to find out if 74.95 is now that threshold. You know. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Do you have anything anymore? Uh, and so now Dana White has confirmed that Leon Edwards is the next fight for Kamara Usman. What do you I think saw that. about that? I saw that. And Kamara Usman just fought, right, a couple months ago, a month or so ago? Yes. Um, and I, uh, I would really like to see that fight go down. Hopefully it goes down. Um, but, I mean, with Leon Edwards, you never know. <laughs> Well, and they fought before in 2015, yeah, it's gonna be and Leon Edwards uh, lost in a unanimous decision. So, you know, his most recent fight, he beat Nate Diaz at UFC 263, and of course, Usman success- successfully defended his title in a rematch against Kobe Covington at 268. So, I'm, I'm a Leon Edwards fan. I think everybody knows I didn't want him to get lost in line fighting other people. I'm certainly excited that Dana White is going to give him his shot. Definitely. Um, my final thing is that it's kind of not funny, but it's kind of like, huh, yeah, interesting. Giga Chikazi comes out saying that if he fought um, Kelvin Cater nine, uh, ten times, he would win nine of them. Don't you think that's a little too soon when you got <laughs> yeah. your, I, I mean, in my opinion, his butt whipped. I think so, too. I, I just thought, <laughs> I found it funny that he came out to he say that. He said it in jest, right? I'm yeah. sure it's sarcastic. I don't know. No? I don't know. You can't really tell by his face because <laughs> uh, of all those cuts he, was, he is sustained. Yeah. I don't um, think we agree with that, right? I don't think so either. I think Kevin Cater <laughs> really held his own. He really did yeah. um, what he was set out to be. And there was nothing that that was different about Kevin Cater. He just stood in the pocket and traded blows and um, uh, gave, put up a really good fight against uh, a really good fight, Chikazi. Yeah. Chikazi. Yes. Yep. Do you have anything else? I do not. 
All right. Well, that wraps up our MMA news and notes, our MMA or UFC 270 preview. Um, now we get into our pick 'em for the what's so the second week? Third season. The third season. This is but the third first week. First week. Okay. We, yes. First ready, week. Jumping the gun. That's I'm ready. Okay. Predicting my losses. You are, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we are all excited for this new season. Uh, I uh, let's just start with me and you. Uh, I went two and three in MMA and one and no in boxing, mm-hmm. and you wow. went. One and four in MMA, man, and one and zero in boxing. Do you sit there and kind of watch as you're losing? Go, oh my god, is that? Yeah, I, was like, I can't believe I, kicked, I, I picked them. I was like, come on, Chikaze. I know. Dang it, yeah. I do. Yeah. Now for our uh, returning players, and everyone returned, so this is exciting. All okay, right. uh, but I I will have to tell you, Shannon has a bullseye on her back. <laughs> okay, because a couple of them have reached out to me, other players, and said, uh, "Yeah, we want We're that on. trophy. All Here right. we go." Yeah. So uh, we have a uh, Daniel at two, uh, Lynn with two wins. Uh, of course, Allen is th- at three. Uh, Omar uh, is also at three. Uh, Dan is at four. Shannon is at four. Dom is at five. All right. And Shane went undefeated with six. There you go. And she she is another woman. So okay. we got two women. And, yeah, yeah, they're kind of showing already that they've got some uh, skills in picking. Yeah, there you go. Well, congratulations to this week's winners. Um, and better luck next week for next week's Absolutely. Uh, uh, pick-ems. Um, better luck to me because I need it. I need that yeah. luck right yeah. there. Oh, that's right. Um, I'm glad I don't bet on these games. <laughs> I would be I a very homeless man. Yes. And, and divorced man. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, definitely. Well, do you have anything else to uh, wrap this show up? I don't. I'm just excited uh, for this year. Can't wait to see the fights this weekend. Yeah, definitely. Well, that wraps up our show. Thank you to everyone that continues to listening to um, us. We hope to be back next week as we recap this week's fights and predictions. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and also on Twitter. Um, That's it for this week. I'm Daniel. I'm Alan. Have a great week, everyone. Keep your hands up. And happy fighting. We'll see you all next week.